0: Hello and welcome to episode 3 of Understanding Aristotle. In this episode, we will be focusing on Book 1, Chapter 4 in the Nicomachean Ethics. Before I begin, I'd just like to remind you all of some key terminology that is Aristotle-specific as it starts to come up in these next sections. So the first key concept is, is in endoxa, so endoxa is a Greek word and it refers to commonly held beliefs or opinions. So Aristotle looks at the indexer of the society he lives in and what their currently held beliefs and opinions are. Another key concept that will come up uh, throughout Aristotle's work from now on is eudaimonia. So although it's been translated as happiness, it is not... Proper definition of the happiness that Aristotle refers to, so eudaimonia really literally transcribes or translates as good spirit, uh, although it's been translated as happiness. Uh, so the idea of you know pleasure and contentment, eudaimonia actually really more refers to what one is made of oneself and one's life. So. Happiness really isn't the proper terminology for eudaimonia because of just, I guess, the the actual translation of it. So, when Aristotle is talking about happiness, a more appropriate way to think about that would be, I guess, elements of human flourishing or the concept of reaching one's full human potential. So, as you read through Aristotle and as we listen to the podcasts, keep in mind that when I'm talking about happiness, I am talking about it in terms of Aristotle's eudaimonia uh, definition, rather than what we consider happiness in a modern context. So let us begin our analysis of chapter four. So Aristotle begins this chapter by basically restating what he has already established, that all pursuits aim at some good. And then Aristotle claims that there's a general agreement that the highest good is happiness, which, you know, is living and faring well, so that we identify living well and faring well with being happy. However, Aristotle immediately recognises there is a problem with this definition, because many do not give the same account as the wise. So we have different opinions on what happiness is, in terms of living well and faring well so aristotle says that for the general population or for most people we think of happiness as something obvious and plain like pleasure wealth or honor or they identify happiness with things that they are related to their circumstances or their situation so uh With health when he is ill, with wealth when he is poor. So a, uh, a sick person will equate happiness with being healthy. A poor person will equate happiness with being wealthy. So in that case, living and faring well would be being healthy, and living and faring well would be wealthy. He also says that those that are ignorant identify happiness with some great thing that is above their comprehension. Aristotle also says that there are some that think that good is uh, that the good is good in itself and causes goodness on its own, but he will later reject this idea. Aristotle basically ultimately acknowledges that any attempt to examine all of these opinions is going to end up being a bit fruitless and pointless on what happiness is and what constitutes happiness. Uh, so instead he's going to examine those definitions of happiness that he believes are the most prevalent or controversial. It is at this point that we sort of diverge a little bit in the chapter uh, and Aristotle is going to st- starts talking about uh, method, so how we are going to uh, you know, examine and question this idea of what is the good and he says, while we must begin with what is evident, things are evident in two ways, some to us, some without qualification. So he's saying we must begin our inquiries with what is evident. So he says that this is done in two ways, the first way being what is evident to us. So he links this into his claim that he, and remarks that he made in Chapter 3 about the student of political science, that one must be brought up with good habits if one is to engage in political science, because such an upbringing capacitates one to easily find starting points for his understanding of ethical ideas. So we now study this with evidence that is evident to us, you know, and from our knowledge of political science and understanding. And then Aristotle poetically ends this chapter with a quote from a Greek poet called Hesiod which is basically suggesting that the individual who has neither insight nor obeys the counsel of the wise is useless. So a bit of a link to what he's talking about here with the method of discovering this inquiry question of what is the good and what is happiness.